Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Good morning, Crossview Church. Welcome to Church Online. So grateful to be together again this week in this way. We just want to continue to invite you to say hi in the chat. Look over any discussion questions, request prayer if needed. Make a comment about how uh, God is moving in your heart throughout the service. Uh, it's really great to be able to share together in that way. That's a helpful thing. Um, and we are looking forward just to being together this week. You know, one thing that we're also going to do again this week is to open up a Zoom lobby after each of our service times. We had lots of people uh, join in on that last week just to visit and to say hi, to see some familiar faces. And uh, we just want to invite you to that again, if that's something that you'd like to do. No pressure, but it's just a lot of fun. What a few weeks it's been for us, right? In our cities and in our country, what a few months that it's been as we have all faced a season that none of us could have imagined, even just a short time ago. In the midst of all the chaos around us, I think that the one another statements that we're looking at are so vitally important. These statements help us know how to relate to each other in a way that represents Jesus the best. And today, we start the second week of our One Another series. Uh, We're going to talk about unity and harmony and what those look like. This is a vital conversation for us these days, and there is so much division and brokenness in our world. So we're going to look at that, and we're going to look at a number of passages of Scripture today as we dive into these topics. What I'd like to say is that this week is going to be stretching. Unity and harmony, as we know, are very difficult things to come by these days. I'm sure that you would agree. We live in a time where it seems like our cultural ability to be unified is not only greatly diminished, but it seems impossible to achieve. The character and the nature of our ability to see beyond a particular viewpoint and find common ground on anything almost seems abandoned. And so we look at what scripture tells us about being united and finding harmony, and it's important. And I'd like to keep us in mind, I'd like for us to keep in mind that we have an unbelievable opportunity to put the way of Jesus on display to a world that really, really needs it. So as I said last week, it all starts the foundation of our one another statements. Um, the, it starts with Jesus' command to love one another. And if you missed last week, you can go find that on our webpage. I'd encourage you to go look at that. But we're asking this question. What does it look like when we relate to each other in a way that represents Jesus the best? And what an opportunity that we have to do that as we pursue unity and harmony with one another. So let's dive into the scripture here and let's see what it has to teach us. We're going to start in the book of Romans in chapter 12 as our jumping off point, starting in verse 4. Paul writes this, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. There's this wonderful thing that's happening here in the early church that the message of Jesus is spreading and people are responding by giving their hearts to God. Uh, But there are many different people from different backgrounds coming to faith. In fact, there are two primary groups that, that are coming to faith early on in Scripture. And on the one hand, you have people from a Jewish background giving their heart to Jesus. And on the other hand, you have those from a non Jewish background or a Gentile background coming to faith in Jesus as well. And what's happening is that you have two groups of people with two different cultural histories and experiences 
two ideas of what's important and you have some arguments forming around different things such as what foods Christians should eat and what day is holy and what day isn't or what holidays we should celebrate. Um, what's the mark of a true Christian? Some of those kinds of things are happening here in, in Scripture. So I suppose it's a good problem to have lots of different people from different backgrounds coming to faith in Jesus. But what's problematic is that you begin to have division within the family of faith. Oh, that guy's a Gentile believer. He's maybe a lower kind of class of Christian because he didn't come from a Jewish background. Or maybe you, maybe someone would say, well, that person's from a Jewish background. And so they're still hung up on the law. And, and Paul is hearing all of this and he begins to write some really important things. So for example, we just read in Romans 12, starting in verse 4, he writes, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, that we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Then he says a few verses later in uh, verse 16, Live in harmony with one another. Now, to stress how important of an idea that is, let's look at a few other scriptures that highlight the same crucial idea. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 3, it says this, Make every effort to keep the unity of spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. What about 1 Peter 3, starting in verse 8. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted, and keep a humble attitude. A quick comment here on this First Peter passage. I love the word sympathize here. We see the same word in a few other places in Scripture, but the word sympathize is a combination of two other words. It's a compound word formed from the prefix meaning with, joined with the verb meaning to suffer. So sympathize here is not uh, a cool and detached idea. It, it is a depth of felt togetherness that we're suffering with others. In other words, having one mind and loving each other here means that we suffer together with each other, not passively as in, I feel bad, but we do as Jesus did. His heart is drawn into our distress. His human nature engages our troubles completely. His is a love that cannot be held back when he sees his people in pain. One author I read this week wrote, Our tendency to feel intuitively that the more difficult life gets, the more alone we are. As we sink further into pain, we sink further into felt isolation. The Bible corrects us. Our pain never outstrips what he himself shares in. We are never alone. That sorrow feels so isolating, so unique, that it was endured by him in the past and is now shouldered by him in the present. So let's look at one of my favorite passages of Scripture in Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4. I know this is a familiar one. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. I shared last week about one of the main themes in the book of John, that is Jesus' emphasis that he's united with the Father, that we know the Father because we know Jesus, that we know the heart of God because we know the heart of Jesus. Are you getting the picture here? Paul and James and John and Jesus all have a lot to say about living in unity and harmony. It is so important for us to be of one mind and to live that out in how we treat each other. 
too often the church looks not so different from the harsh, unloving, and divided world in which it exists. Living in unity and harmony will be a bright light in a dark world, and it can show the world that we are not focused on ourselves, but we're focused on Jesus as a central focus and what he tells us. And that really is the key that we as individuals and as a family of faith keep Jesus as our central focus. So what does it mean for us to be of one mind? Well, it has to do with how we understand who we are and what our role is in our time and place. And I want to look at one more passage of scripture to really solidify this concept of unity. And it comes from the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and the dedication of the new temple. And it reads like this. When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Just imagine being alive and there for that moment. For generations, they'd been praying for this temple, longing to see again the coming together of heaven and earth, God dwelling among his people. Can you just imagine watching fire come down from heaven? What, what is God's glory like? Well, uh, it's like that. I just imagine my heart pounding and I, and I picture myself kind of just stumbling in awe to even breathe. And then there's the thrill of worshiping God in the midst of all of his glory. The temple was the place where heaven intersected with earth and a glimpse of God's glory was made visible to human eyes. Such an incredible moment. But as we turn to the New Testament, it describes something even greater. That while some of us would give anything to stand outside the temple and watch God's glory descend, we need to realize that you and I get something so much better. That you and I and everyone in the family of faith are now part of the new temple itself. By the blood of Jesus and through faith, you and I become part with other believers. We, we form the new dwelling place for God on earth. Peter described us as living stones in 1 Peter 2 verse 5. He says, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You are a stone in the same structure in which the apostles and the prophets are foundations and Jesus himself is the cornerstone. When Peter talked about this concept, he used the plural form of you and the singular form of temple that we all are joined together to form one house for God. And you and I get to be blocks in that temple that transcends time and space. We get to be God's visible glory to human eyes today. And we see why unity is such an important concept that you and I are one temple, one dwelling place for the sake of God's glory. Our culture is not unlike that that we see of the divided culture in Rome. In Rome, The newly growing church in Rome, rather than marveling at its incredible mystery that they were this new temple of God living in harmony, they descended into division. And Paul says, wait a minute, stop. Don't you see that you are what you're part of? Be together, be unified, be living in harmony. And remember that, that the temple uh, was the location in which God dwelled on earth. And now the church, you and I are that temple. Consider this. Um, in 2 Chronicles 7, when the temple was dedicated, it was not the only time that fire fell from heaven onto the, 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 the church. 
It also happened in Acts chapter 2 when the church was born. The disciples were unified and praying and tongues of fire fell on them. Fire fell on them and, and now we are the rest of that story. So scripture tells us to be like-minded and living in harmony, realizing who and what we are uh, in the power and the presence of the living God. Now, this doesn't mean that we all have to share the same opinion or enjoy the same hobbies or have the same personalities. Thank goodness. Uh, what he's calling us to do here is to have the same priority at the center of our lives. The saving message, the teachings, and the person of Jesus. And as Christ is our shared priority, the priority of our life, we are to love one another no matter how much we differ on any particular thing. And, and we get lots of instruction on how unified people should be living in harmony and how we should be treating each other. It says we're to be sympathetic, compassionate, loving. We clothe ourselves with humility and gentleness, patience, enduring hardships with one another, looking out for the interest of those around us, seeking justice for the oppressed, making every effort to, to see peace flourish among us. 1 Corinthians 3 says this, starting in verse 16. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys the temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. So stop deceiving yourselves if you think that you are wise by this world's standards. You need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows that they are worthless. So don't boast about following a particular human leader. We all know this, but these scriptures reinforce it. One way to quickly kill unity and harmony is to put yourself, your needs, your wants, your desires, even your skills and your earthly wisdom and opinions on the throne. Pride and egocentricity are a quick destroyer of unity and harmony, and they take Jesus out of the picture. But as we can see and as we've talked about in our first week, the heart of the Christian of unity, the heart of Christian unity, the heart of biblical love is to lift up those around us, to decide to righteously seek the well-being of another. And we ask this question: where in your life are you choosing to love only because you're being loved in return? And this week, maybe we should ask, where might I be contributing to disunity by seeking my own well-being over that of somebody else? Where do I have limited perspective and am elevating my own opinions and my own desires above others or above the unity of Jesus? We want to be a church of relationship with God and with each other and with our community that works to be a loving presence in people's lives, to lift up those around us, to seek their well-being, to listen and to learn um, so that, that we can be witnesses to the fact that we have been shown this love, mercy, and grace through Jesus and that it's available to all. Another good but difficult question to reflect on is, where have I taken my eyes off Jesus as the center of who I am? and what I do? What area of my life have I uh, put myself on the throne seeking my own interests instead of those around me? From every angle is Christ central in our living and in our thinking. And the closer we're united to him, the greater harmony that we'll find among ourselves. For what unites us is greater than what divides us. Jesus Christ, the one Lord that died for us, the one faith that saves us, the one baptism that joins us, and the one spirit that fills us, the one God whose plan and purpose is guiding the whole thing. So I'll just end with this, a few quick steps to unity and harmony. Number one, put, your, put others before yourself. 
Philippians 2 says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of other, others. Number two, talk to people, not about people. I think this is just a good rule of thumb. Francis Chan writes this, When God's glory filled the temple, would you have considered taking a sledgehammer and striking the temple? Of course not. Then why are we so quick to gossip and slander and divide? God says if anyone destroys the temple, God will destroy that person. Why is God so harsh about this? Paul explained that God's temple is sacred and we, collectively, are that temple. Every time you speak evil about one another, it is like taking a sledgehammer to the temple. Are you sure you want to keep doing that? Let's be careful with our words and actions. We are dealing with something sacred. Number three, be a part of the change you want to see. The best solution to any situation is not to complain, but to have constructive conversation that leads to loving action. If you want to see change happen, then make an effort to have that conversation and be part of that change. The fourth thing is this, be willing not to get your own way. And this is so vital in that when you're doing life with others, you are going to have many people wanting to go in many different directions, but for the sake of unity and in humility, be willing to, to seek to lift others up and not always get your own way. Uh, number five, be the first to seek peace and reconciliation. We are believers today because Christ sought us out with his forgiveness and his mercy. We responded in faith. Finally, how are we to relate to each other in a way that represents Jesus the best? Well, we understand that we're part of the living body of Jesus. We place Jesus at the center of all we do. We seek uh, to, to lift each other up and treat each other in a way that pursues harmony and unity and that puts Jesus on display. So I'll ask, where do you need some reflection? Where can you help lift others? Uh, where can we passionately pursue harmony in all that we do based in love? This is such a key thing for us in these days and in this time, and we need to do it with the help of God uh, to be his witnesses on the earth. And we can. Uh, I'm so thankful for God's mercy and grace on all of us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your leading and your guiding. I just ask for your spirit of peace uh, in these days. I ask that you be guiding us and that you be leading us, that you make us quick to listen, quick to learn, quick to empathize and sympathize, to seek harmony and unity. Um, and, and to, to work for peace in our culture, in our society, in our neighborhoods. God, fill us with a love for the other person that goes beyond our understanding. Um, break our hearts with what breaks yours and all the things that are happening in our society and in our culture today. We want to be true lights representing what you have taught us, to be loving people that seek harmony and unity. And uh, we commit to doing that. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you. Uh, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Go in the grace and the peace of our Lord this week. May you experience him in a deep and meaningful way. Let's continue in worship together.